Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Mas, the official podcast of Somos Mas NM and your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth, but joining me this evening, we've got a full house, including a special guest this evening. We've got Jacob Terrell, Earl Nieto, and uh, a fan favorite, New Mexico United 2022 Humanitarian of the Year, Daniel Bruce. Brucey, thank you so much for coming on this evening. We do appreciate you being with us. And um, it's a big, uh, it's a great honor for us to have you on the show this evening. No, thank you guys so much. Like I, I just mentioned uh, to you guys personally, just really, it's it's always an honor to be with people who do a lot for the club and and do a lot for the state. And um, yeah, I just love pe- meeting people who love football and, and love this club and, and and chatting through whatever it is maybe you have on the table. But you know, thank you so much for having me on. It's a real honor. Yeah, we're excited. Jacob uh, reached out to David earlier this week, like last week, and uh, helped get this set up for us. And uh, you are the first, uh, we mentioned it just a minute ago, you're the first active player we've had uh, here on the show. So we're super excited to have you on and talk through some different things with this evening. And uh, guys, uh, real quick, if you are if you are in the chat over on Facebook, YouTube, we, we popped it up there. If you're in the chat, Throw your questions and comments over in there uh, for Brucey, for us. We'll get those throughout the show. And um, as always, we appreciate you guys being here. Um, first of all, I, mean, I, I want to start with, uh, first of all, congratulations, 2022. I, I mentioned already, Humanitarian of the Year for the club. It's your second time uh, winning that honor for the club. Um, talk to us a little bit about that honor and, and uh, the work you've been doing with Good Looks Jogging. Yeah, I you know any any sort of award that's been voted on by fans and and people involved um, around the club just means so much um, that you know that level of connection between player and club uh, and fans. Sorry, I as you guys know, I think is extremely important and absolutely vital for for fans to feel a connection with players on the field and and feel like they uh, are represented on the field. Uh, but extending further than that. I think it's important that that we're out in the community and, and we're with people and um, we're doing everything we can to, yes, raise awareness about the the game and how much positivity that can bring in in, in the in the public here, but also many other things uh, to do with general health and and just you know one of those ways a couple of years ago the, the little initiative we had with good blokes was um, just to to bring about small little help in in uh in helping people kind of get out there and 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 be jogging together communally as a group and uh and and enjoying time out outside you know coming out of covid it was obviously a, a difficult period but getting people back outside and and being out there in the sun jogging together just an amazing some of my favorite memories in in new mexico um with those moments and and yeah it's just a those awards will mean just as much to me if not more than anything we achieve in soccer because it just highlights that, you know, um, how how important relationships are in communities and um, especially from from player to fan relationships as well. So that 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 meant a, a huge huge amount, and uh, I think there's more we can be doing, and and there's more we will do in future years. And um, I'm definitely extremely thankful for 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 every relationship that I've built here. Speaking of those relationships, you came out here 2019, one of the inaugural players. You've you quickly became a fan favorite. Um, 
you know, what has it meant to you to see the support from the fans, particularly after the COVID year, getting back to the stadium and, you know, getting that first home match and, you know, 500 some odd days. And then just the, the turnout that, that the club saw this season out of the lab. Yeah. I mean, the, the fans are the reason this club exists. There's just no, there's no question about it. This club is nothing without the, the people that work hard all week for that ticket, buy that ticket and come into the stadium and support us. I mean, we are absolutely nothing without supporters um, like you and, and people that not only live in Albuquerque, but come from all over the state to the games. I mean, when I walk out onto that field every time, whether it's a preseason game at our training field or whether it's at home in the lab or whether we're playing away and it's a small pocket of away fans, there are chills down my spine every time to know that these people have come and they've come to, to watch us play and support us and, and, and see us win. And, and that is just, uh, just an absolutely, it's an incredible feeling. And it's, it's along with it being a fantastic feeling, this tied with it a huge responsibility that, you know, you have to perform and um, you have to, you have to give back to these fans that have done all this, uh, this hard work to come and support you. You have to give back with, the amount of effort and the quality of effort that you put onto the field for 90 minutes, whether it's 90 minutes or one minute. And, um, and yeah, that will never get old for me ever. And when I'm done playing, I will miss it more than anything that um, knowing that how many people have worked so hard all week for that ticket and they've, they've bought that ticket and come to the game. And that's just one of the most incredible things. And, and, you know, when I'm done playing, I hope to be doing the same thing and, um, supporting teams around New Mexico, but it's uh, it's a real honour. Extremely grateful. I don't think it's even sunk in yet how incredible our fans are, and and I, you know, have no no shame in saying I do believe we have the absolute best fans in the league. They're just unbelievable. How the the the, the quality of loyalty and support that we that we receive every home game is just absolutely incredible. So many things that that came to mind when you were talking there and I don't really know where to go from there, but um, I'm going to, I'll start off with this. You mentioned um, rewarding the fans that are there with, with your effort on the pitch. And I think that's kind of what made you a fan favorite from day one was you, you were just all over the place and gave like 110% all the time. Um, what kind of talk about what that, with that mindset that you have, do you just, has it always been that way? Is it, were in year one where you're just trying to earn your place or and and so on and so forth just the the amount of effort that you put out on the pitch is is what endured and ordered i've been sick guys so let's let's relax just a little <laughs> bit all right <clears throat> uh yeah i'll just no, no, I'll I, take, I, it away. Yeah. take it away i i absolutely yeah i uh I, I think i know where you're going with that i um growing up my dad played rugby he he wasn't he wasn't a football player but but you know, he said, I can absolutely play football uh, if I want to play football, but I have to make sure that every time I step foot on a field uh, that I give 100, 110% and I give absolutely everything that I have. And then going to college, playing under similar coaches had the same mentality. I always want to make sure that, it, you know, aside from the result, you know, my touch may be off one day, it may be on one day, my shooting ability maybe on one day maybe off one day but I always want to make sure that um that, that I can leave the field knowing that 
that I've given absolutely everything. And I'm not just relying on those small moments of a touch here or there or, a, you know, or, a, you know, the landing of the ball here or there. I want to make sure that, you know, first and foremost, I've given everything I can. And another area of it is that I, in my philosophy of the game, I do also believe if you're the team that are more willing to cover the ground, to mm-hmm. win your duels, to be better than the player you're playing against, you give yourself, you're not going to win every game, but you you give yourself an unbelievable platform to go and win a game. Mm-hmm. And I see some of the, the, the teams that I love to watch, um, you know, in an off season on, on television and, Every, it always seems every time that the teams that are more willing to do the hard yards, to cover the ground uh, and and to win their duels are the teams that are coming out on top and have that cornerstone to be able to perform. Mm-hmm. And the last thing I'd say is when I'm lining up on that field and, and th- there can be a lot of distractions in this game of football with, you know, whether it's something was off with your routine or, you know, they've got, Thousands of fans either screaming your name or they're screaming horrible things about your name. There's always some level of distraction. And I always try and approach a game by looking the, the opposing player in the eye and saying, no matter what happens today, I have to be better than you. So if you're going to have a, if, if I'm going to have a bad game, I'm making sure you're having a worse game <laughs> yeah. and, and, and making sure I'm going to run past you to try and score and I'm going to run past you to try and defend. And if that's the if that's the baseline of every single game, then after that, I think uh, I think you know that's when we can build and talk on tactics and spaces the game and touch and things. But I, from for the way I see the game and what I believe in the game, that's the most important thing for me. And I think you're right in in the level of connection that that I found with New Mexican people was actually the way that I approached the game of football was very similar to the way that the average New Mexican approaches their day-to-day life. You know, a lot of New Mexican people, they get up, hardworking people, you know, they, they've got a, a, a good job to do. They've got, you know, they've got, and, and that, that sort of, I don't know, I felt that connection with, with the fans, you know, after the first year coming through that, you know, these are hardworking people and they're spending their money to come and watch us play. So no matter whether we win, draw, lose, they better know that each and every player has given their absolute all on that field and it's been worth their while working all week for that ticket. Awesome. Yeah. And then, so you just signed uh, another a two-year extension with us. Uh, so that'll, after that contract's over, you'll be with us for six years. Um, yeah. Is that, how much is, how much do the fans play a part of that? How much is, is New Mexico a part of that? Is it just, do you consider this place home now? Is it, is it something like that, or or do you just really believe in in what we're building here? I yeah, I, I love the club, and I love um, I love first and foremost that the, the ethos of the club is very much in line with kind of how I I see the game and like to to live my life was uh, in kind of hard work, diligence, humility is is kind of the the, the core of what we have here, um, and that's you know a place that I want to be. That's a culture I want to be in. And then you start add, adding layers of how incredible the support and the fans are here is just, I mean, that is absolutely unbelievable. And, and, and knowing, you know, how, you know, the relationships that I felt that I've formed with the, with the fans in the stadium, um, 
has been, you know, something that would be it'd be very, very difficult for me to ever let go of. Um, and and adding to that, I do feel like this club has had such a good structure and such quality coaches and, and players that we should have achieved more than we have these past four years. Um, and that's something that, that plays into my decisions as well. You know, I, I, like I want to win something with this club for this state. And, and I just, you know, would be a great, great shame if, if, you know, I felt like I, I left this club knowing there was more to do and I never want to feel that way. And, and I, think whatever you know role that I'm playing in the club I want to make sure that we get the absolute maximum out of every year we can and and ultimately bring silverware back to this state that that it deserves from uh from how quality the fans and support is but no I'm I'm very very excited for these next next couple of years I want to you know continue with the base that we have but but add layers and 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 grow and be and become an even better team a bigger team um, become a better player myself in, in areas that I can. And um, no, I'm just really, you know, very grateful that the club want to keep me around. And, and if they want to keep me around and I still think that I can help the team in some capacity, then um, it's, it's something too good to ever think about throwing away. One of the things that we've talked about in the past is the physicality of play in the USL. And you're not exactly a big guy. Um, and what we've seen you go toe to toe with some of the biggest guys in the USL, particularly, you know, guys on like San Antonio and some of the other clubs um, with guys like Christian Nava or other guys, you know, around, you know, Amanda Moreno, what do you got? Is there anything specifically that you work with, with those guys on being physical with the, with the, the guys who are bigger in stature and, and how does that help translate to the performance on, on the pitch? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, I think ultimately the, the way you train has a huge impact on the way you're going to be on a Saturday. And, and I don't believe you can just switch a switch on and be a certain player on a Saturday and then switch it off for the rest of the week. You have to train the way you want to play. I think it was Ferguson who said um, we, we don't, we don't just win championships. We train like champions and championships seem to follow. And, and I'm a firm believer that every day you have to train in the same way that you want to perform on the Saturday. And so we training sessions are made extremely competitive. There's winners, there's losers. Um, there's constant, you know, combat. And, and it, it's always in that nice sweet spot. It's never boiling over. Um, and, it, and it's within the lines. And I think, um, I think it's important that, 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 you know, we approach training that same way that we're going to play a game on a weekend and, and, and having that constant kind of competition um, makes players primed and ready for the Saturday. Now, if you're talking about things more practically on the field, I think things like when the ball's in the air, establishing first contact, securing the ball first. So not always necessarily thinking, you know, how am I going to get forward? But making sure that you actually secure the ball in those grey areas is an important thing. Um, and then, yeah, es- establishing first contact when the, when the ball's in the air or bouncing around is important as well. Making sure you shield the ball, protect it, retain possession for your teammates. Um, and ultimately, just not being afraid. If the ball's there, either either I always think either he's going to chicken out or I'm going to chicken out. 
very rarely both players are, are going to go in and smash. So I just think I may as well go in every time. And if if I get pulled off this field on a stretcher, then there's worse ways to go, isn't there? So one way you can't get pulled off of a stretcher. Um, so obviously everyone here knows I'm a video gamer. I play games. Um, what is it like for you knowing that you are in a video game? Am am I am I am I actually in a video game? I don't. I don't... Really? Yes, you are. Which yes. which one? Which one is it? I'm. I, so so you'll you'll be educating me here because I'm I'm not the biggest video gamer uh, by any means, but. So what, Seth, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it's eSports or eFootball. eFootball, yeah. eFootball. The entire uh, – so the USL has a deal. Yeah, the, the, the league has a deal with eFootball, which is made by Konami. So uh, pretty much the entire okay. club has been in there. Their player mo- – character models, the kits, everything. So, like, you guys are playable oh, in wow. eFootball, yeah. Wow. Well, I, I'm learning things – this evening because I, I I didn't know that I'm not the biggest gamer I've, I've I've just I've tried here and there and I've played little bits of games here and there but um, I didn't know that so have you ever played with with New Mexico United in that game yes am I any good <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah I know it's it, it's really cool to see because you know most of us are familiar with FIFA and obviously yeah. uh the USL has never been a part of that, but the, you know, with the deal with Konami, the entire league is in there. Everyone's playable. You can be signed in like the the ultimate team mode. Um, oh, and so, you know, I've done, I've signed you guys. A buddy of mine is, you know, signed like Christian Nava and some other and, and some other guys okay. from the USL. Yeah, and you can like develop, like trade up, train up the player cards uh, to where they do improve. Wow. But yeah, like yeah, you're when you compare you to like the rest of the USL, like your your pace is a lot quicker than a number of guys really yeah if you throw yourself see, that's up interesting against, because, like, because i don't i don't see i don't see myself as as a particularly quick player okay. like in in an hour like over the space of like a longer distance i've not been one of those players that can like open up and really be fast if i if i'm thinking about fast players in our squad i'm thinking about yearsy is a fast player like austin yearwood um Suggsy, just fast like really quick and i'm i'm not quite there but Five or ten yards, like short, sharp stuff, can cover the distance pretty quickly. But if I'm opening, if I'm having to open up the legs, then might be in trouble. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were just kind of curious. We hadn't really asked anybody about this because it's a fairly new thing for for the league and for the club. But yeah, they've got pictures of you guys, the character models, like oh, wow. the kits look absolutely fantastic in the game too. So it's a it's a really interesting thing to see. So we were kind of curious about that. Um, you know, getting back to more real life, uh, obviously the season didn't quite end up the way that everyone wanted. Um, what's one of the biggest takeaways you have from this season uh, heading into the offseason and then next year? I think the first takeaway is that our home form has to improve. Um, we were, uh, we were, I think we wanted to approach the home games in that, you know, we, we, we we, we have to win um, by, you know, so many goals because that's, you know, that's what it, it must be difficult for the opponent to come here and we have to win by so many goals. And whereas going away from home, our attitude is very much, you know, if we win this game by 1-0, that's great. We'll take the three points and we'll move on. And although it wasn't a said thing, I think it just, you know, the subconscious can work this way in football sometimes and it shouldn't. 
uh, and it's an area that we definitely can improve is is our home form and, and how we um, not just approach but perform in, in, in home games for, for long periods of the game. Um, I think there were times where we had good moments in games, uh, but as far as piecing together like larger performances, like really dominating performances, um, I think that's something that that to be a for us to be a top top team, that's a, that's the next step that we can take uh, take next season. Um, and I think just continuing to grow as a team to play front foot exciting football. Um, you know, creating, we're at our best when we're creating loads of chances. There's balls coming in the box. There's guys, um, you know, putting their life on the line to, 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 you know, block shots from the opponent. And I think we can get to a point where we're doing the same thing to try and score. You know, you, when the ball's coming across the box, can we have players really like laying out or, you know, diving header or, um, just having that that all on all or nothing mentality attacking as well as defending because because we have that mentality in front of our own goal um especially away from home this season we were just extremely rigid and, and difficult and we would get in the way of shots and block shots and and be um you know we would we would kind of put the body on the line in our defending box and we have to have that same mentality when attacking as well taking chances shots crosses getting across our defender, getting across your man. And I think that's just another layer that that we have, but we can see that on a more consistent basis uh, moving into to next season. Looking at the Western Conference, obviously it's one of the toughest places to play in all of, I would say, U.S. soccer. Um, San Antonio obviously had a fantastic year. Um, when you look at the opponents that you faced, is there anyone in particular that you felt like you guys really just kind of had their number this season but didn't quite get the results? Or was there, or, or was there someone that, like, okay, we, we feel confident going into this and then you're able to translate what you practice during the week into the weekend? It's... The season is funny when you're a player because you, very rarely are we looking at the you know the whole the whole league and we're, and we're very rarely looking at you know oh this team's this this team's this. It's very much focused at the player attention on that next game. So we, we you know we finish preseason and the focus isn't hey by this time we want to be second or by this time we want to be first or you know we've got this chunk of games. The whole focus that week is on that that one first game. So the training, the the physical load, the, uh, the, 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 the routines, the gym, everything is about that first game. And then you play that game and we maybe have, you know, a day, a day and a bit reflection and bang, we're straight on to the next game. The next game might be a Wednesday, three days. And then you have another week game, Wednesday game. And when that happens... You rarely have time. You're, if you're thinking too much about the patterns and what's going on, and okay, we do well against these, we lose against these, we, then you'll the next game's the next game's already gone. You know, the, the the season will have just fallen through your fingers like that. And and in, in my fourth year, I can I'm trying to get in, into this better rhythm of just literally 
nothing else matters apart from the next game that we're playing. What could, what's, what's one or two things we can learn from that last game and how are we going to implement that, you know, to, to become a better side in this next game? And, and I think that shows it. I mean, the things like the, the San Antonio performance away from home, if we'd have been a team who'd looked back at the whole season, all our performances, all of their performances, there's no way we come out of there with the result. But because the squad is more focused on just the single games going along, same thing with Colorado at home, um, because the squad is more focused on just the next game coming up and how to apply ourselves for that game, I think it does, it makes it easier for us as players to be able to keep things as narrow focused as possible, which is what we need to do. Yeah, I definitely think that works to the advantage of you guys, you know, when you're able to, you have, like you said, you, you focus on just that one game. Whereas the supporters, they kind of take things a, as a whole. You know, they look at, you know, stretches of three, four, five matches in a row. Even us as members of the media, we kind of look at, okay, what's happening with the club? What's trending? I saw that. We are media. Thank you very much. Um, and so at times the the supporters tend to be a bit down on their performances. And, you know, we've seen you guys in practice, you know, we've seen you guys, you know, before matches, after matches, and we see how much those, when, when there is like a last minute equalizer or something like that, how much it does, you know, get to you guys. Like we've seen the emotion. And so it's hard for us to really translate that to people other than say, Hey, look, yeah, they were impassioned. They were, you know, they were upset by, by this. You know, you can tell, I mean, there were, there were matches where only Zach came up, you know, and, and talked to us after the match. But, you know, from your perspective as a player, how, how, how do you feel that supporters should look at stretches like that where things just don't seem to be going well? Yeah. Look, Ultimately, the, the, the supporters of this club, you know, what they feel and what they voice, uh, if they can be right at times. If they're feeling like what they're seeing on a field isn't, you know, representative of, of who we are as a club and our culture and ethos, that's something that, that you know, I, I would take extremely to heart. If players, you know, they aren't feeling like players are, you know, doing the things that we talked about before, you know, covering the ground necessary, winning duels, um, applying, you know, full, you know, effort onto the field. In the course of a season, uh, there's going to be, you know, ups and downs of a still relatively young club. Um, but like I said before, these people have worked hard all week in a town two hours away from where we are here, they've driven all the way down to the stadium and, 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 you know, and watch their team play. And it's hard for me as a player to um, criticize anything a, a fan might say in that sense, um, because of what they've sacrificed to come and support us. Um, now, if we're talking about football and tactics, there's not, there's not one way you can approach a game. There's, there's many different ways that you can approach any given game. And you have to be able to, you know, as players problem solve in the moment, um, but, but generally choose one and, 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 uh, and execute it. But, you know, look, supporters of sport in history and moving forward, 
they're going to be extremely happy when their team wins and, and they're going to be upset when their team loses. And, and I think that that's um, part of being a, a supporter and a fan of a club. And, uh, and I think that that's, that's important, you know, the, 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 the emotion and, and, and feeling that, you know, the feeling that sport gives you, it makes those wins, you know, even greater and even better. And there's always going to be, you know, uh, moments and seasons which, as a professional, you wish had gone a different way, and you wish you'd have done other things. And um, but I, I don't feel a sense of you know we should be living in this world where everyone's you know just turns a blind eye to anything they don't like and and to anything that they don't think is is right. I I, I think if people have um, if people aren't happy about a certain situation, then. They're, they're, they're in their rights to feel that way. Um, but, you know, as, 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 you know, as players, then we, the season is, like I said, it's too short for us to get hung up on, you know, sm- a small thing that's happened in a game that's maybe not a trend. Because your, your, your natural response is to think, oh, this happened, so we're this type of team. Or it's now a trend. When you actually look at the data that were presented in 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 in, in training, or that, that we have available to us, and some things actually aren't a trend. And um, so th- there's there's times that you know as players we have to be we have to be accept that we can be wrong and we can have made the wrong choice. But the one thing that we can't accept is is a lack of effort, a lack of baseline approach to a game. Um, you know, a, a willingness, a willingness to 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 cover the ground, to be better than your opposing man on the day. I think very tangible things like that is the very baseline that this club and the people of this state deserve from from the players from New Mexico United. Yeah. So we talked. I mean, last season it was it was touch and go. We were. We, we were obviously upset at times, as I know the players were, uh, like Seth talked about. But um, after the season that we had, I kind of want to put that in the rearview mirror, kind of look ahead. Um, we're entering offseason, uh, our offseason here. What's a what's a Bruce, Brucey offseason look like? Uh, what do you got planned for, for this offseason? Is it is it different? Are you doing anything different this year compared to other offseasons? Are you going to be able to go back to England for, for an extended period of time? Or are you going to stay here in New Mexico? Yeah, so usually when the season ends, um, obviously when it's a disappointing end, like it always is if you don't win something. Um, generally, it's good to let the, the body just rest and the mind rest from, from football um, and kind of, you know, switch off a little bit for, for, for two weeks. But about two, two and a half weeks is, a, is about my limit. That's where I can, that's how far I can go without <laughs> feeling like I need to be doing something. Um Fortunately, we we have access to a, an, an amazing performance enhancing uh, gym at called Elevate um, here in town. They're brilliant. The coaches are fantastic, and um, and and we have access there. You know, whenever we want. And this season, we'll have official programs that will start in in a, in probably a few weeks' time. But a number of us are in there already, just doing bits to tick over. Um, and alongside that, I'm also kind of furthering my um, coaching. And so I've been 
um, doing a lot, you know, bits here and there, shadowing people. But I've also, I've got my UEFA and USSFC licenses and I applied for my B license, which I've now been on for about a month and a half. So I just got back last week from Kansas, um, which we had our first in-person meeting for the B license with a load of USL and MLS players, which was um, was really cool. It's a, it's a steep learning curve. Uh, a, a lot for me to a lot of information for me to take in but uh i i enjoy coaching just this evening i was with one of the clubs in town just shadowing some of the coaches and and then i went from there to an indoor facility to watch some of the little kickers play just before i got on this call so um doing a lot of a lot of coaching and and spending time with the next generations of players who are going to play for this club and um and alongside that just ticking over physically and then, uh, and then in December, yep, yeah, I'll be going back to England on the on uh, in mid December um, for a few weeks to see to see the family uh, before coming back out again for uh, early for preseason. Has any of your family made it out here for for a match the last four years, or did COVID kind of put a kibosh there? Yeah, n- no, not none of the family have, have managed to come out for a game, um, but just this last season five of my best friends from England uh, growing up with, they did come out for a week um, and they loved it. They just thought this state was amazing. Just the natural beauty, the people, the, the time that they had was one of the, one of the best that they'd had in, uh, in, in a long time. So it was great to see them out here. And, and yeah, it was just, that was, that was a really great memory for me this season, having some of my best friends that I've, uh, I grew up playing the game with and going to school with, uh, come out here yeah i know that's something that we, you and i had actually spoken about it you know, before you especially during the during the covid year um just i think it's like a little one-off conversation about you know seeing your folks and and uh, i'm sure have you been back since the travel restrictions have kind of eased up um or will this be your first time back yeah so i didn't go back i basically just decided to to for, you know that chunk of the two years when COVID was happening, but both those years, I just decided to stay here, um, which was great. I loved it. Um, developed a lot of new friendships and relationships through that time. And um, But I stayed here for that chunk. So there was about a two-year period there where I didn't go home. Um, but um, last year, I did manage to go home for a few weeks and, and then it'll be the same again. Same again this year. Um, I like going home, seeing the family, you know, seeing everyone that I know. Um, and then, and then it, it usually gets to that time, start of January, where I I start needing to get a ball back at the feet and and training again, and yeah. From uh, I'm curious, um, so because I remember you know when the article came out about you getting your coaching license, that was something I had on my list. I wanted to ask you about this evening. Um, you know, you've been shadowing some, I'm assuming probably like Rio or something like Rio Rapids or, uh, you know, AYSO here in town. Uh, any chance we'll see you at like uh, one of the local tournaments anytime soon on the touchline? Or is that still something that you're moving into? Well, I was just, uh, I mean, I, I'd coached with the academy, uh, New Mexico Academy with my C license uh, a few years ago. And I've done bits of work with, with Luke and Juno who are there now. Um, and so I will be working with them a bit more moving forward. I was just at the um, the high school state finals at Cleveland High School just just uh, last Saturday, I think it was. That was I had such a good time. I did not expect it to be like that. 
I mean, I walked in and it just, it was an absolute event, you know, and I was, I was meant to just be watching one game, but I stayed and watched, uh, and watched a few, uh, and watched the, the, the next game as well. And I just had such a, such a great little time, you know, meeting the players and watching some football and, I thought it was brilliant, and uh, and so you know things like that around town, a hundred percent. That's kind of things that I want to be doing. I want to be in and around the soccer scene, youth development, girls, boys in New Mexico. That's something that I'm really passionate about. It's something that I think is so important on a number of different levels um, for for youngsters to be playing this game and uh, and and working with the women's team. At uh, uh, with UNM, um, Heather and Carly, just two great coaches um, for me to learn a lot off. And I'm still relatively young as a professional to be kind of turning the wheels of coaching because a lot of a lot of you know it's it's more players coming towards the end of their physical career that, that they're starting to go into coaching. But I have a passion for it. I. I really enjoy, you know, working with kids who are uh, intrigued and involved in the game and, and have good quality. I mean, I was watching, I don't know, they were probably 10, 11-year-olds today at, at the indoor facility here in town, the little kickers. And some of the football I saw, I, I mean, there's no way I was playing that level of football when I was 10 years old. And it just shows how quickly the game, you know, moves and gets better and, and improves and, um yeah i i want to be a part of that there's a lot for me to learn but i want to uh i want to be around those youngsters playing the game and working with the academy is um is something that that is going to be a big part i think of uh my next you know stint here at the club so i have a question um this one's a little little off topic it's definitely not so- like well i guess it's soccer related still um, so of all the players, sorry, it's been it's been a long week, so my questions are coming from like left field right now. Um, so it's been a uh, so with all the players that you play against, um, I mean we can name a few. Um, which one do you, which one gets under your skin the most, and why is it Yuma? <laughs> well, I've the past few years I've played more out wide, so I've not really come up against as many. Uh, as many centre backs recently. Um, that's a very good question, um, and not something you know. It's not something that that you know players think about too much as far as who we you know who gets under our skin. I think if I'm if I, if I'm playing against someone and I feel like I'm under their skin, then I you know I feel like. I'm performing better than them, you know, and and so as players, you don't really, I don't know, it's not something you necessarily um, think about too much, but you you come up against good quality players who, you know, really good players, and and you play against them in in you know many different teams, and it's you know obvious to see the quality of player in the USL is increasing year by year. I mean, um, the lad just thinking of. One at random, um, Enzo Martinez playing for Birmingham came here and, and he was a just, I mean, he's just a brilliant player. And, and you come up against players who are very, very good and they're sharp and their movement's phenomenal and a lot of experience. And, um, and so a, any player who 
who comes here and plays against us here and does well gets under my skin. You know, that's, that's annoying, you know, when players play well against us and, and we have to try and nullify the threats of oppositions. So uh, it's important for us to, to, to know about the quality of the opposition we play, but uh, no one that I can think of at the top of my head that, that would make me angry from, from doing nothing. I have a, I have another question. Um, so there's actually a debate that goes on in the chat um, about every week, just about every week. It didn't happen last week, but it happened. It's kind of happening this week. Um, are you Team Earl or are you Team Jacob? What's this for? So the war is who's more Ooh, cooler. What it is? What it is 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 Earl Earl wants his ego fed. And uh, every time uh, Robert, uh, who is a San Antonio fan, <clears throat> I feel like we have more San Antonio fans in the chat most of the time. Um, every time they get on, uh, they they throw in a Team Earl or a Team Jacob, and uh, and and Robert's really gone to Earl's head. Um, his forehead's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, see, I can make that joke because David's here, but he didn't tell me I can't make a forehead joke. Um, and so he 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 just wants you to say Team Earl, which I'm okay with because I don't need my ego fence. So go ahead, say say Team Earl. <laughs> well, I, I don't like doing this, but I'm going to sit very much on the fence. <laughs> I don't know. I, I couldn't I couldn't call it either way. Uh, but it's funny. Call. It's funny you do have some some San Antonio fans in here because I I had a great moment with some of the San Antonio fans this this last trip that that I went on, and it's just a. Uh, uh, it's always great to go to away teams and obviously you get hurled dogs abuse at you from a load of different angles, but that's part of the game and that's part of the game that we love and, and that's that's brilliant and I hope that never leaves football. But also there's some there's some great people in, in these these places that we go and visit and some phenomenal fans and, and families and um so it's it's great to see, you know, the San Antonio guys are, are getting involved with you guys here. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, they're they're good guys. Um, not Robert, but the other one that's in the chat, Harry, actually came out here, and uh, um, for the for their match here, and we, me and Seth, oh right, okay, me, me and Seth had uh, had lunch with him. He's he's very active on Twitter. He's a big proponent of USL, and and uh, we, we love Harry around here. He's been a great guy, and Robert's all right. Um, I mean, <clears throat> I can't I can't knock him too bad, but uh, you mentioned that you took it's a couple weeks off. Uh, uh you know, try to try to get soccer out of your mind. Does that mean you were aren't aren't following the USL playoffs, or are you watching those games? Do you have a rooting interest uh, that's still in there at all, or or have you kind of shut that out? Yeah, it's. I won't lie. It's tough. It's tough to watch knowing that that we we could be in there and playing. So it is it is tough to watch. I always keep up with the scores. Um, I know different players and coaches around the league, and always you know text and all the best but but it's difficult to um there's just still a lot of a lot of not shame but hurt from the season that we that we could and should be still playing with the quality that we have in our squad and so it's difficult to um it's difficult to be too invested but you know I'll always I'll always keep up with the with the with the scores and if if Anyone that I used to play with is playing, then I'll make sure I send them a, an all the best text. And, um, but yeah, the, I'm 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 always involved in the Premier League. Premier League is where is where I'm always uh, I'm, I'm always watching, and so I'm, I st- I stay in with that. I could never take a break from that. <laughs> 
That's something I did want to ask you about because we talked about because uh, I did an interview with you a number of years ago and we talked about uh, your love of, of the wolves. And uh, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on the wolf season so far? Uh, I know Everton is not doing too much better. Um, Jacob's not going to say a word because his spurs are doing quite well. Um, what's it going to take for wolves to stay up this year? Yeah. I, I think it's been part, I think we've been unfortunate. And I say that only with, not performance, but with injuries. I mean, I don't think Raul Jimenez has looked quite the same. There was moments where he came, you know, he looked, he was okay last season, but it always, he was going to need help. And we've made a number of signings and, and 20 minutes into one of our biggest signings debut, he tears his ACL and it's just a horrible moment. And um, and we've had a, a number of different injuries that have, have hurt us. I, I do believe we'll stay up. I mean, we've just signed Lopetegui, who is now our new head coach, um, was the Spanish international rail head coach, has a good resume. I don't know a huge amount about his philosophy in football, but I know he is attacking and pretty front-footed and wants us to, you know, go forward. And, and I think we, we most certainly have the quality in the squad. Um, but I think teams like Leeds, which I know are, are now very favourite in, in the US, are, are going to be teams who are going to fly forward and, and they're going to concede goals and they're going to try and score goals and play very exciting football, which I love. I think for a team like Wolves, for us to stay up, we almost have to do the opposite. We've got to keep things very tight. We 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 cannot be leaky defensively. We have to go back to being very solid defensively, which historically we have for the past five or six years. And we have to kind of build off there to get results going. I feel like that's how you get results and confidence going. And um, so I think it's a good... The World Cup is going to help Wolves. We've got a little break now. Let's have a reset. And let's try and piece a few a few results together um, for these next 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 half of the season. Really, I, uh, I, I David said uh, fifty five minutes, so I'm gonna, I'm going to try to hold to that. So we've got about ten minutes left, and I got a question. Don't, that I... don't worry, guys. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Poor David. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I have a question that I, I'm just kind of curious about. So when we you know the the silly season as as we call it on the podcast the off season here where we're we're finding out new signings and and players coming back and everything like that when a when the club announces uh like Seymour a couple days ago that he's coming back uh, well, he might be a bad example because he was on a, a two year contract anyway so <clears throat> so when when they announce a new player or something like that do you do does the do the other players already kind of know that that happens or are you kind of finding out like we are uh through social media most of the time we'll find out exactly the same time as as everybody else um i mean look if if you know that there's certain scenarios especially when the you know covid season was was happening there were you know when guys decide hey you know i'm i'm done playing or i don't want to play anymore um you know we'll maybe find that information out maybe, you know, a few days prior or something like that, just because, um, just because I think players want to communicate that to their teammates themselves. But if they don't choose to do that, then more often than not, we will find out um, at the same time as, as everybody else. Yeah. 
All right, we got a question over in the chat. Uh, good friend Robert Brucey, who gave you fits in San Antonio? Who you got in the USL final? And why is Earl way better than the kid at the top right? What does what does gave you fits mean? What does that mean? I was thinking like who on the San Antonio squad, you know, has kind of frustrated you on the pitch? Like, could you not figure out or, you know, played played tough against you? I mean, San Antonio had an absolutely phenomenal season. They had a very um, very stringent structure and they stuck to it and, and they performed very well within that framework. And so I think less so individual players, but the actual structure that they had um, was absolutely phenomenal this season and something that I'm sure teams will learn from in, in seasons to come. Um, I think that they had some, they had some brilliant players Um most certainly, but I think the way that they were all able to buy into that one system style and stick to it was very, very impressive. And, um, you know, I think Alan has clearly got the lads playing a certain way and um, and the players are buying into it and, and, and they're getting results. And um, I think they're a team that, 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 they're great in the sum of their parts and, and they have some brilliant players, really good players in that squad. Um, but the things that they've been able to achieve this season is because those players have uh, maybe sacrificed some parts of their personal game to buy into a system. And that's something that you can only uh, applaud and, and appreciate, especially if you're a San Antonio fan. To Robert's next part, uh, who do you have in the USL Championship final? Uh, obviously, United has played against both Lou City and San Antonio this year. You've seen both squads. Um, who do you think comes out on top? I don't know. I couldn't. I I could not say. I really have. I I have no idea. I think Louisville are a, a very well-run professional side. Right from the start, when when O'Connor was there, I think the the culture that he established early on has carried through, and the the quality of player that they have there, just I mean, the centre of their midfield, Del Piccolo, Tyler Gibson, just guys who are phenomenal quality, matched with an ability to run and and uh, and cover the ground, and I just think they're they're a, such a good side. But then you come up against everything we've just spoken about, San Antonio, a team who buy into a system so clearly and perform so well all season, it would be unfair to um, say that one of the teams is more favoured than the other. I think ultimately the great thing about football is whoever lifts that trophy at the end of the season more often than not deserves it. And, um, you know, I can applaud both teams for the, the quality that they've shown throughout the whole season as a whole. And, um you know, I just hope that, that in the final, the team that holds the trophy ultimately deserves to win the game. And that's how I like to view the game. You know, if if, if you're the last one standing and, and you have that trophy, then you earned it and you deserve it. And I hope the best team on the night wins the game. Going back to the contract extension and the whole process of that, was that something that you'd been working with with Pete on prior to the end of the season? Or was that something that came about afterwards? Like, was there a big discussion? Or, you know, I know that you said that you want to be here. 
for as long as the club wants you. And, and so, you know, what kind of went into that process? Yeah, that's, you've hit the nail on the head. I think uh, it's for a player like myself, um, it's in, always in a, a, a smooth riding situation. It's, it's not necessarily, you know, what you might, see on ESPN or or NBC with all these, you know, players that we see in the Premier League. Uh, for me, ultimately, um, I buy into the culture and, and, uh, and, the, and, the, and the plan that Pete has for this club uh, and I align myself with it. And, and when that's happened, you know, the rest is, is very, very easy. It's not, uh, not a big ordeal at all. Uh, we... We, you know, like to view sport and the game in, in a similar way that it can, uh, you know, we want to win something for this state and the people of this state. And we also want to create positive outcomes for the people who live here as well. And um, I think when I'm aligned with both those things, you know, it's a, it's a smooth process. In your four years here at, well, in your, was it three off seasons? I guess it is. Um, have you got, have you had any other teams reach out? Have you had any interest shown from other teams? Have you even considered going anywhere else or has it always just been uh, smooth sailing on that front as far as, as just talking to the United and getting that worked out right away? Yeah, the latter. Um, I, it would be, you know, it's, it's never been something that's been, too much on my mind to be honest that wherever I've been and wherever I've played I've never been the man and and you know growing up in as a youth player I was on on all the teams that I played in I was never I was never the star guy and then going up through college same thing I redshirted my first year in Charlotte North Carolina and uh I was never I was never a player who was you know achieving all these awards and on the front cover of this and that in college. And then Troy signed me to come here in the first year um, because I'd played just in summers training with the independents, you know, who used to be in the USL, just, just, you know, in summers because I, you know, was a college kid and, and I, you know, wasn't going home to England for the summer. So I would do the odd few trainings of the USL team there. And he brought me over because he was there and, you know, a, a, a squad part player, a player who was willing to play different positions, willing to, 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 you know, train consistently and hard. And when given 90 minutes, we'll approach that in the same way as two or three minutes, you know, at the end of a game. And um, yeah. So I think be, because of those things, it's, you know, teams don't generally, um, they're not, they're not, you know, it, it's, it's, I'm not a player who is going to be like on the absolute top of the list. We need to, you know, bring him, bring him there, bring him there because of just naturally who I am and, and who I, you know, what I appear as a player um, and, 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 a, and, a, and a, a player like myself. And, and that's why I, I, I enjoy growing and learning more about the game and improving each year. Um, that's kind of, the thing that's most important to me practically in the game of football is just making sure every year, how can I improve a tiny bit? How can I just get better a tiny bit? 
what defensively, offensively, how can I just make small tweaks to improve as a player? And um, that's really the most the most important thing to me, football wise, um, as a player. And 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 apart from that, most of my attention is is set on that really. Uh, and you know how incredible this club is. I just feel like the most fortunate football player in the world. So there's there's six players that have been well <clears throat> seven yeah if you count Weehan even though he left for for a partial season but there's six players that have been here since year one um, so you Suggs uh, Yearzy well I had the list in Rashid Dev uh, Sheed Sheed Dev Sam uh, and then Weehan like I said are are you guys uh, closer than do you guys have like a little group that you guys, you know, hang out during the off season because you guys have been here all those years or, or is it, you know, everybody that comes in is, is just part of the family and, and you're all hanging out together regardless of how long they've been with the club. Yeah. I think it's not, it's not like an exclusive click that we have, you know, players right. who've been here <laughs> yeah. from game one and they're slowly whittling down. Um, there's certainly an underlying bond from players who've been here from day one. Um, and, you know, that's in part because of the, we've had more time together, we've, we've experienced more together. Yeah. Um, and in part, that's just because, you know, we know in each other, we're players who bought into the culture 100%. Right. And we're players who um, will leave it all on the field. And that's, you know, something that it's it's easier for me to get along with someone who has that same mentality. And, and if you've stayed here for a long time, generally it is because you, you know, you show your part of what, you know, the club is and you, you embody that. And so it's, it's easy to get along with guys like that, but by no means, you know, exclusively, I mean, you know, some of, you know, my best friends on the team and, and best teammates, they can be here one year and, and off the next it's uh you know, this world of sport can be a revolving door at times. We don't want it right. to be. Um, we want to bring quality people who are quality players through the door and keep them here. Um, but that's not always the, the way it is. Um, but, you know, there's, there's, there is that, that bond, but, you know, every player that comes through the door, if we make sure that they have ultimate respect um, is shown to them and, and, and in return, they you know they have to buy into the culture of what we believe here in the club. With with year one, I know with the fans, uh, me personally, um, it was it was kind of a life changing uh, season, and and I know a lot of the fans have have talked about the differences between year one and and the the following years. Does year one kind of stick out to you in, in any way, shape, or form as as a special or more special year than? than anything else or because because to me i mean with what the club has done for the community and and the state and to have you know it's pre-covid obviously so to to get multiple games with fifteen thousand fans and and to see what soccer can do to bring together a community uh which is is really unlike i mean I've, i've followed almost every other sport my whole life aside from soccer, I really didn't start following soccer until United was announced and kind of came in into the stratosphere here. And so to see what it did um, just really did a lot of things 
uh, in me that, that I, I just hold that, that first year kind of special. And I was just curious if, if some of the players that have been here, uh, for year one, if, if they realized how special it was to, to some of us fans. That will always be uh, one of the most memorable years of my entire life. I mean, that was incredibly special um, for every every one of us players who've, who've been here from day one, especially myself, just um, the connection that we, that we, you know, began with you guys then, um, the quality that was on the field. It just seemed like, you know, things fell into place at the right time and sometimes things do like that in life. And, and that will... You know that will never change. That that first year, it it was the first year, and so no matter what will have happened, it will have been the start of something special. And so we will always remember it being that first year uh, that we began this this kind of amazing journey that we're on as as, as a club and a team. Um, and yeah, I, going back to the kind of the first point in the you know how the looking back on the last few years, I do think that, you know, off the field, we've only been able to reach more schools and go into more clubs and, you know, have more away trips and more memories and, and have more kids now come to the games and the stadiums. And, and you know, ultimately, I think we have to, as a club, understand that there's, in sport, there is going to be this natural. I mean, even in that first season, you know, the, 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 it wasn't plain sailing. There was there was times where there were peaks and troughs in performance and and results. And um, but I think having this kind of united mentality that every game and every season we have to go one step closer to one area improving and improving as a club uh, and growing that connection between players and fans. And, and 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 players, fans, and the community, and and if we constantly improve and secure those bonds and ties each year, that you know, the best is is definitely yet to come. It's not been and gone. The the the, the best is very very much yet to come. And these next generations of of soccer players is is just highlighting that. Couple more questions over in the chat from Robert. Uh, what do you feel is the biggest difference between U.S. and English football, and why is Earl far superior to Jacob? Well, U.S. and English football is an interesting question now because the if you're referring to the Premier League, I mean that is a, that's an international league. Um, I mean, the the. That, I sit here in front of this television and watch the Premier League and I cannot believe how good the quality is. It is unbelievable. The 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 pace, the decision making, the physicality, just everything is absolutely unbelievable. And that ultimately is I believe the most competitive and and the best league at least to watch in the world. Um and it, but it is filled with international players. They're not all English players. I mean, the best players in that league aren't from England. I mean, the best striker in there right now is from Norway. So we can't. God, I don't yeah. know if that's English football. Um, but I guess the answer to that question will be will be shown in the World Cup. And England have never beaten the US in an international tournament, if I'm if I'm right. And so 
I'm not particularly looking forward to that game because I don't <laughs> think it's... I really don't think that's going to be easy for England at all. Um, and so, yeah, I, biggest differences, we'll find out in a few weeks' time. What What about the the lower levels of, of English soccer um, compared to, to something that's comparable, um, like the USL, uh, mm-hmm. um, something like that, where it's a little more uh, one-to-one instead of apples to oranges? Um, yeah, good question. I think the quality of football, you'll always find quality players, but the culture of football is very different. I mean, lower league in England, it is absolutely results-based. And so you're finding less of you have the ball, we have the ball, possession-based football. A lot of it can be very direct. How can we get the ball in the opponent's box as quickly as possible? Um, How can we put pressure on that way? Um, And also, you know, the fans enjoy the combative nature of the sport in England. That's part of it. You know, in, in, in... in America, somebody will get a yellow card and it's sort of, I don't know, I don't know how to describe it, not taboo, but it's, oh, that's like a, that's really sad or, hey, you shouldn't have got that. And and in England, somebody would get it. I'm not saying this is great, by the way, but somebody <laughs> might get a yellow card for just, for, say for just an honest, good tackle that they've accidentally mistimed. They get a yellow card for it in England. And, and the fans of that team are stood up cheering. They, they love it. They right. love the fact that their player's gone all out to try and win the ball, mistimed it, you know, unintentionally, you know, caught the lad. But there's small, there's small differences in the game that, that the fans really in England appreciate that combative nature and seeing their players, the will and want to win. And I know we have that at our club uh, here at New Mexico United, but... Um, it is definitely accentuated in, in compared to the rest of the league uh, in in England, where people, you know, that's that's very very important to the fans. When you know a lot a lot of fans in local blue collar towns in England don't have a huge amount of money, and they're and they're paying to watch games. And if their team's not going to win, they better have left it all on the field. Yeah, and I think that's something that you've spoken to in the past. And I want to say we talked about it a few years ago is the difference between uh, the the pyramid in England and the academy structure and you know the promotion and development of the youth product compared to here in the US. And and you've now been you said you've been out and seen some of the, the local high schools and the local clubs and you've seen that level of talent and there's actually gonna be tournaments the next two weekends up at the, the soccer complex with teams from, you know, from Colorado, New Mexico, Texas, uh, I think Arizona coming in as well. And so do you think that the U S is finally starting to, to catch up even the slightest amount to where the English football development is at, or do you think that the U S still has some developing to do? I mean, both. Uh, I, I think, this sport is still relatively new in comparison to other sports in this country and in comparison to football elsewhere in the world. And I think it's amazing the pace at which the sport has actually grown in this country. I mean, the proof is you watch the Premier League, you can watch any given game, there'll be an American player in a squad. And if you're watching, if you're watching Leeds play, there'll be 
you'll be three or four American players playing against Liverpool away, winning the game. And so nobody can say that the sport isn't improving or the quality of player improving in this country because we're seeing it with our own eyes. And and we'll see in the World Cup, um, that'll be another kind of litmus test in, in seeing how how far that the country has come. And, and But from what I can see, and I'm not the oracle of all footballing information, but from what I can see, as far as youth development in this country, it's it's in a in a fantastic place right now, and it's only going to get uh, better and better. The, the The other thing I would add to that is this is a big country, and you know England is is the size of North Carolina. You can fit seven of us in Texas, so to set up a, a, a a fully fledged functioning well-oiled machine of an academy system is not the same as doing it in the whole of America where you already have some systems in place and some getting replaced and some getting instated. But with every move that's made, I do believe that it is a step forward in the development of, of young players and I think that has been a priority that we're now seeing the fruit of um, that had been planted a few years ago. And um, I can only see this country going on leaps and bounds in the quality of player, the quality of coaching, the quality of teams. And who knows? Who knows what could happen this World Cup? Well, I think we've seen uh, the USL just since since 2019 when you joined. Um, with when New Mexico United joined, I I see a difference in quality from 2019 to 2022 just in the USL, and then you look at players like Diego Luna and Jose Gallegos, and um, the list can go on and on of players that have come up through the USL and then transferred over to Europe to to a, a top tier, <coughs> a higher a higher tier T league. Wow. Anyways, um, and, and I think that it's only going to get you know better and better with with guys like nava coming up through us and and our academy that that is that we talked about briefly earlier and and uh the high performance program that was adopted before the academy was even in existence and and you just see what new mexico is doing to do that and you know that several of these other usl clubs are are doing the same thing where they're mm-hmm. have their academy and their their lower league or even younger than the academy teams and stuff like that and you mentioned you're going to be working with the academy um, more in the future. Are you going to be able to make it to the playoff games uh, next week, or uh, so? <clears throat> yeah, so I'll actually be prepping for my for my B license course, which is going to be in Palm Springs, which is coming up in a few weeks. I would love to be there. Uh, the academy lads are, are brilliant. There's such good good young men and very good football players, and I've had a lot of time with them over the past few years and and watching them play and um even playing with them a couple of times here and there uh, when i'm needing to kind of catch up on minutes and things and um it's it's an exciting time for soccer in new mexico when looking at, at the youth players there's some brilliant players in there are there we you know with with the uh, academy games not being uh streamed or anything like that i don't i live two and a half hours away uh from albuquerque um, Earl lives outside of town. Um, and you know, I've got three kids, um, and a full-time job, you know, we can't always make it to the Academy games. Like I would love to, but, um, 
since we can't make it um, and we can only kind of follow through social media and stuff, or do you have some names for us that uh, you think might have a chance at making it um, to the, to the big club in the next year or two? Well, it's difficult for me to be able to, if I, I'm working with these lads, right? So, you know, picking out names and saying names of <laughs> right. young men who I think have a better chance than others would be right. uh, not, not, not that it would be impartial, but it would be like, uh, there's no way I, I, I could, I could say to a Fair. child that they, that they, that they couldn't because, because I've had, you know, I've experienced that same thing, you know, and, and I've, ex- I've, I've experienced that on the, on the other side that, um, you know, you know, being told, it's always somebody else and it's all, it's always this guy and it's always this. And, and that was, and that, you know, I was the other guy on the team, you know, I was, I was always the guy who it wasn't. And not to say that, you know, these players have gone and done fantastic things, but I think that the, the, the important thing is that they have quality coaches mm-hmm. um, and, and, you know, good leaders and mentors and good coaches and uh i think they have both of those in 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 luke and juno who are there currently and and they had that in in previous academy coaches who were there and, and we're seeing the fruits of that and um it's a it's a well-run organization the training sessions it's are so professionally run i mean these academy lads are treated like professionals when they walk in and and they're expected to act like professionals when they set foot on our training facility and and some of them you know every now and then have have hopped in with our practices when we've needed numbers and building out and um and they've done brilliantly well and and as long as they're committed to that growing mindset and improving um there is nobody can say to any of these lads that that you will or won't make it it it, it they have to believe it is in their hands I wanted to ask you too, and we've talked about it multiple times. You've been here since 2019, one of the inaugural players. You played under Troy's system. You've now played under Zach's. What has been the evolution like going from Troy to Zach? And Because and we get to watch from, from the, the eagle eye view. We get to look top down. Jacob and Earl like to be down on the pitch um, and watching it that way. You know, I look at it up top, and you know, I've had several conversations with guys about you know, what, the, what you guys are doing. Um, on social media, some people refer to Zach as you know Troy 1.5 in terms of tactics and systems that he runs out there. What's again, what's the evolution been like? And you know, do you see Zach implementing more changes to that system as the club becomes more his, so to speak? Yeah, well, I mean, ultimately, as a coach, you 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 have your style and what you, and how you view the game and what you want in your philosophy of how we view the game but also you have to adapt to many many different things and you know the quality of player that you have at the time the form of the players injuries and and you have to be able to to adapt and change for these certain things Troy had uh in you know the first year a very specific style that he wanted to see um us perform and play and uh and kind of as we as we grew through our time, um, players that were available for us to sign good quality players um, meant that, you know, for us to play all the quality players we had, we might need to make changes of system here and there. And and now playing under Zach, um, you know, we're a team who is much more adaptable than we were first year. And we were much more able to... Um, 
adjust and change as we saw fit to how we wanted to break opponents down, how we wanted to uh, expose opponents from what we saw as their weaknesses. Uh, and so became a team who were much more adaptable. And ultimately, there there isn't one way to play the game. We've seen with the highest level of football in the world, you can win leagues and do great things with a number of different systems. But I do think it's important for... Uh, the, the the one thing that is important is is you have the way that you want to play and your players buy into that and and that the messages are, are consistent and that the 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 plan is there and 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 I do believe it is and I think it's you know uh, us players have to uh, ultimately execute those plans in in ninety minutes on the field. I think that's something that that a lot of supporters miss sometimes is that you, you guys, you spend all week game planning and training and implementing the system that, that Zach wants you guys to do on Saturday or Sunday, whenever, whenever it may be. And, and there's a lot that, that can affect that throughout the game. You know, you talk about what the other team is doing, you know, if something's working, if it's not, you have to, you have to adapt. And so I think that's something where a lot of supporters who don't necessarily follow the sport as much as we do, or, you know, or is, or is anywhere near as involved as you as a player, you know, they, they don't always see that. And so, well, they, they also may, they also, they also may be upset that we lost the game, which they're fully within their right. To. Like, yeah. You know, if we go out there and, and they, and like I said before, if they don't feel like they've seen enough or seen what they want, want to see, then, you know, they're, they're fully within their right to be, to be upset at that. Yeah. yeah and, and, you know, and, you know, I, I'll be honest, you know, me, us as media, you know, we see the comments and, you know, Earl and Jacob kind of engage on Facebook a little bit. I do more Reddit and Twitter and things like that. And so, you know, looking at the comments and just trying to be a little bit, a little bit, <laughs> um, you know, just trying to explain, you know, what we're seeing. And even then we may not always be a hundred percent correct in what, in what we're seeing, you know, because we study the games, we watch them. We, we try to understand, you know, what, Zach wants you guys to do. Uh, and so people who are new to the sport, like, I mean, there's been people in the press box even that have said, Hey, why did they do this? You know, why did they do that? And so I, I think at times if the supporters had a better understanding of why something happened or why a particular system w- was put in that they would kind of understand it a little bit more. I mean, what, what's your take on that? I think ultimately in this in this profession uh, you've got to win games and you have to play entertaining football we're an entertaining business that's what we do and and whether you're Manchester City Liverpool New Mexico United or you're or you know you're, you're playing in little kickers that I watched tonight you know you want these kids to play exciting entertaining football and you want them to win. And the system, the tactics can change from, you know, game to game or can, from team to team. But, you know, why you turn on and watch your team is because you want to be entertained and you and you want your team to win games. And ultimately, knowing the minute details about, you know, why we would want this player here or this player here, it may be of interest to some people. But I think for the majority of people, you know, 
they invest their time and money into a team because it brings them great entertainment memories and, and because they want to be involved in the team that wins. Yeah, I, I think that's I think that's a great point. Um so I, I just I have one and obviously we're all here because you know we, we love the sport, we love the club, you know, we we're all invested mm-hmm. and you know we, we certainly do want to see the club do well. We want to see you guys do well on the pitch and you know pick up pick up those wins every single week. We you know we know it's not gonna happen. That's not gonna stop us from you know from saying, Hey, we want it. But you know, I, I think it's something that you know, as sports fans, that it's just it just comes with the with the territory. So, absolutely, absolutely. Um, I've got one final topic, at least from my perspective, and I don't know if Jacob Earl have anything else to add after this. But uh, we've we've talked about it a little bit throughout the night. The World Cup starts in uh, mm-hmm. about fourteen days, give or take. Uh, yeah. We did have a question over in the chat from Robert: England versus U.S. What is your prediction? Uh, you've already said that you know, England has not necessarily played well against the U S in, in international tournaments. Um, looking at the field, either that, or, either that or the U S have played very well. Yeah. I mean, you could certainly look at it that way. Um, look, so I, I want to ask you two questions in particular, you know, looking at obviously group B England, Iran, the U S and Wales. Um, who do you think comes out of this group? Number one. And then number two, I was talking to Will Seymour yesterday during uh, his press conference uh, after he signed his, his his contract, and he gave us he gave me his favorites to, to win. Uh, he felt like Germany had a good shot. Uh, what do you, how do you feel about that? Well, I think what's interesting about that Group B is is every matchup is fused somehow in something not related to football, which. For England is the last thing we need. Uh, Every game, US, Iran, England, Wales, England, USA. I mean, just every game has something more to it than just football, which doesn't, you know, that that suits historically the US and and your approach to sport and and the World Cup when you, the last time you were in it. and, And England... That hasn't necessarily suited us, you know. There is a fair amount of pressure on, on, on England always, and never mind, you know, this group of players in particular, with them being so good at football. Um, the group, I, I couldn't. I feel like, feel like some strange, in some strange way, what I say will, in somehow alter the, the the history of the future of how the the, the games are going to go i do, i don't know I, I really don't know as far as the, the, the end of the group i think that wales have some real uh real talent and and weapons in there that can that can really hurt you i and 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 i don't think that england usa game is going to be what people think it will we've never beaten you in in, in a in a tournament, we've never beaten you competitively, uh, and I think that's going to be a, a good game of football. Um, the US, you know, there's there's very little pressure on this group of players. Um, they're young, they're hungry, they are good football players, um, and we've had some big injuries in the past few weeks. And look, if we don't have the likes of Kyle Walker, Reese James, um, Ben Chilwell. I mean, these are these are big injuries to to to, to our squad. Um, I don't know. I think it's going to be 
I think it's going to be a, an interesting group. Um, there's, there's, it's a lot going on with the fixtures, like I said, uh, and and I hope to see some quality football. And as far as the, the World Cup as a whole, um, I think France released their squad today. That's a brilliant squad. Um, Germany's team is very, very good. Uh, England have a good squad of players. Um, don't know. It could, could be the US. Who knows? Imagine if the US won. What would you guys do if the US won the World Cup? <laughs> Pass out. US soccer would burn as a whole. That's what yeah. would happen. <laughs> would, I don't know. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't even let myself think that we'll get out of the group, let alone that we could win the thing. And honestly, I mean, if you look at that, if you just put our lineup and you look at our lineup versus like France's lineup, um, mm. oh my gosh, France is, is freaking Yeah, but sad. if you put your, li- your lineup against Italy's lineup, you would say the same thing and they didn't even qualify. True, true. And and, and um, as we know, uh, you know, once you once you get on the pitch, anything can happen on any given day. Um, uh, But if we're just looking at um, odds and, and stuff like that, I just, I haven't let myself get, uh, get to the point where, where, yeah. yeah. And if we come out and we start off hot and we, we can win the group and, and win a a match or two in in the knockout rounds, then, then, uh, then maybe I can get that feeling. But, uh, until then, um, I just uh, I'll I'll be happy with every match result that we get. Yeah, it's a good point you've made. I think you you you, you in world world cups, excuse me, and in, in international tournaments, you find there's the odd result, you know, that 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 happens that you don't expect. But generally, the team that does win it is is the best team. Yeah. I mean, I can't really think of the last time that didn't happen. Uh, what was maybe it? your Germany recent? Yeah, but I mean Germany yeah. wasn't like a, yeah. an underdog, like a, a big underdog uh, well, there, or even no, an underdog no, Ger- at all. Germany, Germany, Germany were the better side. Yeah, I don't think anyone can. What, what you mean when they won seven nil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean they they won the whole. They were absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. They were they were sensational that tournament. They were unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And I think the last time I could think of something not happening like that was the Euros when I was gr- the first Euros I watched when Greece won the Euros somehow. Right. That's probably the last time that I think something like that happened. And and I don't know, this World Cup with the timing of it, with the place, with some of the countries that qualified, it it could be the time that that something strange happens like that. You know you, you know, it sort of has that feeling to it, you know, you right. never know. But um, I just hope it's exciting. I, I hope it's you know good, exciting football, and I hope England. I hope England perform how they have done in in recent tournaments. Yeah, I've been looking at the roster releases that come out. You know, men's national team uh, put out theirs today. Uh, interesting to say the least. I think uh, I agree with Robert. I think we're I think we're a little too young this year. Um, Jacob, I think your take of us possibly winning one or two matches in the knockouts. I think that's a, I don't know, to me, that's a little bit of a stretch, but. Oh, I didn't, um, I did not say that that was going to happen. Yeah. I said that <laughs> if that happened, then maybe I would start yeah. dreaming about winning it, but I did not say that that was going to happen. Okay. Just to be clear. Yeah. No, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but you know, I saw Brazil's squad come out and that roster is just stacked top to bottom. Like I, I think Brazil is, 
going to be a club to watch uh, in the tournament. Yeah, they, they, yeah, you. It's just a team you have to watch. No matter who they're putting in that in that squad, you just have to watch Brazil play. I mean, they're just such. A, they just have such unbelievable culture around football. There, it's just amazing. But yeah, they have a particular. They do have a very very good squad this year. David David Carl did say that he is saying U.S. to the quarterfinal. Just just so you know, he did put that out in the chat. And Ooh, I uh, love that. I love that. <clears throat> and I, it's not impossible. I wouldn't say it's probable, but it's not impossible by any means. Yeah, I, I think if we get some momentum, you know, I mean, I think coming out of Group B, I think you got the U.S. and England coming out. I just as dangerous as MLS Cup champion Gareth Bale is. I just don't see Wales coming out of that group, and I don't huh. think Iran's got enough. Why do you have to hurt David right now? <laughs> Why do you have to hurt David right now? <laughs> I, I said that more for it, your benefit, Jacob. But oh, you know. oh well, I I just come at it from a soft heart here. Yeah. David had had a miserable Saturday, um, I'm sure, with with his Phillies and Union losing. Um, and, and I did you did any of you guys watch that match? I was uh, refing, so. Did did you happen to watch the MLS Cup final, Brucey? No, I was at the uh, I was at the high school. State oh, that's final. right, that's right. <clears throat> it was probably the craziest game of soccer uh, I have ever I've seen. I've heard it was unbelievable. Yeah, it, it, it was incredible. And then uh, you mentioned Gareth Bale. I mean, he just limps limps through probably twenty minutes, and then somehow finds a way to rise up over a six six center back that was probably the MVP yeah. of the game to that point, and. Uh, it just just crazy to me. So um Yeah, I've got horrible visions about him doing exactly the same thing to England. As long as he does it to you guys and not us, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they would also send Argentina over Brazil in the final. So Argentina over Brazil. That's a that's a bold and semi bold take, I think. Gonna be interesting. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Of course, we are gonna have World Cup content uh, coming up uh, here over the next few weeks. So uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Like I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Bruce, do you have any like World Cup memories? Have you been able to go to any matches or you know, qualifiers or anything like that? No, never, uh, never gone. But I think just watching with my family and and friends back home, and you know the English pubs with it on the television, and everyone's round and. England score and the beers all just get thrown up in the air. Like th- those sort of memories when you're a kid and you just, it just seems so magical. I mean, the country just stops, doesn't it? And, um, and yeah, it, it, the, the flags all flying and the people in England, I mean, it's just such a good time in England. And it'll be interesting with it being obviously the winter months there now, because usually it's the summer in England, the world cup's going on and it's just a, pretty magical time to be in England but um, yeah I've never never been to uh, actually never been to an international game ever in my life so so I'm actually happy to list. say that me and Brucey have something in common <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we've got more than that in common well yeah because there's also beer flying at my house all the time too so <laughs> beer flying at my house all the time that's good that's good all right, I think that's going to just about do it for us this evening. Brucey, thank you so much for being here. We appreciate your time. Um, no, do you guys have any final thoughts or questions before uh, we get out of here? 
No. Okay. Uh, I well, I, I I don't have a question. I just uh, it's been such a pleasure to watch you for the last four seasons. Uh, uh, your your philosophy about going out there and giving your all, whether the touch is off or the shot is off, uh, is something that I I know is not lost on the fans and and uh, speaking personally. Yeah, just uh, I I I thoroughly enjoy watching you out there on the pitch, and then to to look at what you've done uh, in New Mexico coming from England and um, <clears throat> and and just embracing us and, and our culture here. It just it means the world to me to to have people come from from somewhere other than New Mexico and, and see how great New Mexico can be uh, being born and raised here. Um, getting us finally kind of on the map uh, with, with people like yourself is is special to me. And and I just thank you so much for everything that you've done. Uh, for the club and the community, and and uh, I can't wait for the next two years seeing you out there, uh, giving it your all, both on and off the pitch. No, that's that's very kind, mate. And likewise, I feel the same for yourself, Jacob, and 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 all of you. Like the, the I love this state. I mean, I just think this state has so much to offer. And and the the, the when people ask me, you know, what's your favorite thing about living in New Mexico? And there's some amazing things, and the beauty and the natural uh, beauty and history is incredible. But the 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 best thing about being here are the people, a hundred percent, no question. Uh, the 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 people that I've been fortunate to meet and the relationships that I've built and and the people that I haven't, you know, just just amazing people all over this state and and here in Albuquerque, you know, Santa Fe, Cruces, just all over, just just uh, an an amazing kind of mindset and and group and community of people here that you know, deserve for this state to be uh, to be really talked about and put on the map and for people to, to love and know. And, and I've just felt so honoured and fortunate to, to be here and land here. And it's just, you know, great to hear that you feel like something's been given back to the people here and, and there's much more to do. So I'm looking forward to the, uh, the next two years of, of getting to know more of you guys and spending more time with you. Yes, yes, awesome. Um, with that, I think uh, Seth and Earl, if you got nothing else, um, uh, thank you for those in, in the chat, and um, you know we'll we'll be looking forward to the next two years with Brucey here, and and uh, you can catch us next week, uh, nine o'clock, uh, either Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll figure that out at a and and let you guys know on our social media, and and again, Brucey, David, Carl, uh, who's behind the scenes here. Thank you both for for being here and, and taking almost an hour and a half of your, of your night, uh, on a Wednesday night. And, uh, thank just, just couldn't thank you enough. So, uh, everybody watching until next time. Somos Unidos. Somos Unidos. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL and the New Mexico runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.